0: You guys want to open your scripture to Acts chapter 17. We are in Acts chapter 17, and we're going to look at the first 15 verses of Acts chapter 17. So if you want to go there in your Bible, you'll be ready for that. Acts chapter 17, the first 15 verses. Before I preach. You know, I like to get you into what I'm about to say first. And so I'm going to start by giving you a little bit of my week. I remember one time someone said, Pastor, I really like how you preach because you share your live life with us. And I hope you appreciate that too. I know some people, they're just like, give me the meat and potatoes of the scripture. Just get into the word. You know, maybe you don't care so much about what your pastor's doing. Well, to you, I say too bad. I'm going to share. I'm going to share with you. It's my opportunity to uh, let you know. Well, I'm supposed to be an example to my congregation. The Bible kind of clearly says that as overseers are supposed to be examples. So hopefully I can be that. I remember a few weeks ago I was talking about Brotherhood and I said, hey, there's this movie or this show and it's called Band of Brothers. And I said, oh, it might be a show I shouldn't recommend because I know it's like an adult show and it's got like murder. Well, it's war. It's a war movie. So don't go watch that one. Well. I thought, maybe I should tell you a movie you should go and watch. And, uh, and so this week was Amy Beth's birthday. I won't tell you how old she is, 39. But uh, yeah, we're, uh, we're getting to the end of the, the 30s there. We're excited. My, my birthday's coming up. We're, we're three weeks apart, so mine's at the end of the month. So we said, let's go see this Jesus Revolution movie. So I recommend this movie. Um, I know with any kind of movie, especially when it comes to Christianity, there is going to be people who are critics, right? Movie critics. You've heard of these people, movie critics? Um, there's critics for everything. Even the uh, Asbury revival, which I would say is a wonderful thing where people are pouring their lives out to God, praying for the Holy Spirit, praying repentance. Like all, in my opinion, good things. However, you go on the internet, you can find critiques of everything. So I, I just caution you, just be careful when you're, when you're learning to discern these pathways, and actually, I'm going to tell you right now, this is kind of what my sermon's about. It's the ability to seek truth. And so we go on Thursday night, and we watch this movie. And I won't give you too many spoilers, because it is worth seeing. It is still at the landmark in Canada, a little bit of a drive from Kempville, but that's okay. It's worth it. And um, we saw it. And there were certain themes. Again, I won't be spoil- play spoiler, but it's a pretty simple movie. Even if I did spoil some of it for you, it's still worth seeing. Um, but one of the themes is um, people seeking truth in the 70s. People seeking truth. And I, and I, I think culture goes through these cycles where, where um, there's kind of a saying. I don't know if you've heard this, but like that... Um, Hard times make hard men. Uh, Good times make soft men. Soft men make hard times, and then the cycle kind of repeats. And 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 during this time, you know, there's the Vietnam War, and there's the hippies who are protesting the war. And this is kind of how the the move the movie starts. Is in this time when people were like, you know, we want love, not war. And it's set in California, you know, the place where the hippies would go and hang out. And And it starts off with these people seeking love or even truth in all the wrong places. The other theme in this movie is among the people in the church. And this theme is, you'll see it, and so this is a spoiler, but you'll hear a few times if you watch the movie. If you get between me and God, we're through. That's the theme, the pursuit of God above the pursuit of other things. So here there's the people who are not Christians, who are seeking for truth in all the wrong places, who are seeking for love in all the wrong places, and then here are the believers who finally find Jesus, and they see how important Jesus is, and they say, if there's anything that gets between me and And Jesus, I'm through with that thing. It's kind of like Jesus gives the parable. You remember that Jesus talks about a parable about the lost coin where they're willing to do whatever it takes to find that lost coin and hold on or the pearl of of great price. You know, like these, these parables that Jesus says where people are willing to go out of their way, do anything to find that thing that should be precious to them. And we see that in the scriptures where people are willing to go after God. I mean, we just sang a beautiful song. Thank you, Rosalind, for picking that. The Holy Spirit must have inspired you to, to sing this song. I surrender. I want to know you more. And this is the theme of that movie. And the other thing about this movie, it's kind of interesting. It shows some of the struggle when they say, if you get between me and God, we're through. They show the tension within the church of those struggles. Those struggles exist. What that looks like, how that plays out within a church relationship is sometimes difficult. We, I preached about this a few weeks ago when I talked about reconciliation and Paul and Barnabas go their own ways. There are times where we see God leading us in one direction and someone sees God leading them in a separate direction and we go in different ways and it's unfortunate. And yet God still wants us to sometimes come together. I do want to put it out there. Sometimes people don't come back together. Because because of this straight truth, Jesus said himself that father will come against son and mother against daughter because of my namesake. There are situations where this actually plays out in life. This theme that we find in this movie plays out in real life where if it's between me and that person and they get between me and Jesus... We're through. That relate. Jesus matters more. Jesus is the pearl of great price. Jesus is the one who is worth surrendering everything to go after. And yet, I think one reason why we see in this movie, and the movie is all about revival, and we see kids in Asbury College go after God is because um, they're willing to put aside all of these other things for Jesus. They're willing to say, it doesn't matter, I'm going to serve Jesus first. And I think, you think about that, that's in the 1970s, right? That's 50 years ago. And I think these things go through cycles where the church kind of gets complacent and we forget That we need to go after Jesus and put the other things aside rather than just following blindly. Remember Jesus at some point? He says, hey look, these are sheep without a shepherd. These are sheep. with." And sometimes we are the sheep and we're following blindly without really searching, really wanting to know. Again, remember the other theme in the movie is this pursuit of truth. And I think we need to go after truth and not sometimes just follow blindly. You can question your pastor. You can even question your own faith. The New Testament tells us to work out our faith with fear and trembling. If you have something that you're wrestling with, it's okay to say, God, I want to know what is going on. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. But when he says that, he says, I'm the truth. If we really believe Jesus is the truth, then we're not afraid to ask the tough questions. We're not afraid to seek through the scriptures diligently to find out what God is really saying. There's a lot of issues happening in the church. Some of the questions are around human sexuality, you know, and I'm sure there are many differing opinions about uh what that looks out looks like in today's world and and to be honest with you as your pastor I would encourage you to dive into God's word to see what God's will is above the will of the culture but that's just one issue where there's tension within the church tension within the culture there are many issues that we see between what's happening in the world today and what, who we are as the church. And we have to wrestle with these. We have to say, who is Jesus? What does Jesus say? And it's not as easy as strapping on a bracelet, like when I was a youth that said, what would Jesus do? We can ask that question, what would Jesus do? But the answers aren't always simple. We need to seek. Jesus promised, if we will seek, then we will find knock and the door will be open to you there needs to be a longing a hunger for truth a hunger for truth during the time of lent we encouraging fasting you know what fasting does fasting denies your flesh to increase the appetite not of your gut to increase the appetite of your spirit The more you fast from your flesh, the more your spirit should grow hungry. Sometimes we struggle with that, right? Like, oh, I'm giving up chocolate for Lent or whatever. I just crave chocolate. I crave chocolate. No, crave Jesus. Let's look in the book of Acts where we see people coming to know Jesus and craving to know the truth. When Paul and his companions had passed through Amphipolis and Apollonius, Apollonia, Apol- they came to Thessalonica where, they were, where there was a Jewish synagogue. As was custom, Paul went into the synagogue and on three Sabbath days, he reasoned with them from the scriptures, explaining and proving that the Messiah had had to suffer and rise from the dead. This Jesus I am proclaiming to you is the Messiah, he said. Some of the Jews were persuaded to join Paul and Silas, as did a number of God-fearing Greeks and quite a few prominent women. Okay, some of us wonder, why don't more people follow Jesus? What did Paul go and do? First of all, he went to the place where people were already seeking truth. Sometimes you have to go to the people who want to know the answers. A synagogue was the community of the Jewish faith that were gathering together already. They already trusted in the Old Testament scriptures. They believed the Old Testament. They just did not yet know Jesus. So Paul's like, I'll go to that place, and I'll open the scriptures, and I'll show them Jesus in their scriptures. We're going to see later, and we'll talk about this maybe next week, in Athens where Paul doesn't go to a synagogue, he goes to the Greeks. He goes to the um, Roman culture of that day, the Greeks and the Romans, and he decides to minister to the Gentiles instead of to the Jews. But here he starts with the Jews. So we see Paul's willingness to go where people are seeking truth. The second is he reasoned with them from the scriptures. Maybe one reason we as a church struggle to invite people to church or invite them into the community of faith is because we don't know our scriptures enough. People challenge us on our beliefs. They say, why do you believe what you believe? And all we hear is crickets. And then we wonder why they're not persuaded to come to church. And sometimes we'll say, well, you know, I really like our church. It's a great place. It feels warm and loving and kind. You know what? That might be good for some people to invite them to church. For other people, they think deeper. They want deeper answers. And you as believers need to search the scriptures. If you ever want to persuade them to come to know Jesus, you need to find out the answers yourself. Maybe for you, when you walked in this place, you gave your heart to Jesus. You had the warm, fuzzy feelings, the God bumps and the tingles, and the and you felt the love of God, and someone hugged you, and you're like, wow, this is my family. I'm a part of the family of God. It's that easy for me. But for others, they're like, well, who is Jesus? Did he really rise from the dead? Is that even possible to for a man to rise from the dead? He ascended to heaven? What is this thing you believe? You have communion where you say you eat his body and, his, and drink his blood. This is weird stuff, right? Like, let's admit for a second that some of the things that we teach are strange, but that's why you have to know what we're actually preaching and teaching. You have to understand where these traditions and customs and the symbology of all of it and what it means to you and me and how it gives us the hope of eternal life. If you don't come to learn those things, you're like what Paul later tells some of the early testament churches that you're still on milk when you should be on meat. You should move on from the elementary teachings and on to more advanced teachings. Wouldn't it be sad if Joel and Julia and Macy, my kids who are now at South Branch Elementary, never moved on to the high school? Wouldn't that be sad? If they stayed in the elementary school the whole time, well, church, we have people within the church where we don't progress in our faith in terms of our knowledge of the Son of God and who he is and who the Father is and who the Holy Spirit is. We're like, I'm saved. I got my ticket to heaven and that's good enough for me. And I'm going to tell you right now, you will never see people come to know Jesus through your, your life. You might get in Apostle Paul says, You might get in, and in the book of Corinthians, he says, You'll get in as though escaping the flames by the skin of your teeth. You're like, I don't oh, got skin on my teeth. No, you, you barely make it because you're not making an attempt to progress in your faith. And so, church, I really encourage you get into the word, open the scriptures, study them, ask questions, ask tough questions. Verse 5 says, But other Jews were jealous, so they rounded up some bad characters from the marketplace, formed a mob, and started a riot in the city. They rushed to Jason's house in search of Paul and Silas in order to bring them uh, out to the crowd, but they did not find them. They dragged Jason, some other believers, before the city officials, shouting, These men, who have caused trouble all over the world, have now come here. And Jason has welcomed them into his house. They are defying Caesar's decree, decrees, saying that there is another king, one called Jesus. When they heard this, the crowd and the city's officials were thrown into turmoil. Then they made Jason and the others post bond, and they let them go. What does that tell us right there? You know what? There is a cost, and we talked about this last week. There is a cost. And yet it's still worth finding truth. Would you rather feel good and be lied to or know the truth even though it might be difficult to come by? I myself do not enjoy being lied to. I would rather know the truth even if it means a harder route. Verse 10 says, as soon as it was night, the believers sent Paul and Silas away to Berea. On arriving there, they went to the Jewish synagogue. Now the Berean Jews were of more noble character than those in Thessalonica, uh, for they received the message with great eagerness and and examined the scriptures every day to see what Paul said was true. As a result, many of them believed, as did also a number of prominent Greeks uh women and many Greek men. Now we put up the scriptures here in the church, and I, I thank Susie uh for doing that. Part of part of my ministry, I, I'm almost tempted to take it down because uh I'll be honest with you, it's a little lazy when you can just see it up there versus getting to know your Bible well enough to... Now, I'm going to trust this, that when it comes to listening, some of you, it's easier to focus with your eyes, a visual, and, you know, rather than going up, down, up, down, and you might get distracted, open your Bible, you read the next verse, you're like, okay, I'm going to just focus on the pastor today and his message. I could read behind, thank you, Susie, for what you do. I'm not discouraging Susie from doing what she does, by the way. I'm glad she does it. However... If that's your excuse, and that's a good one, I'll I'll cut you some slack. Open your Bible throughout the week. It's not good enough to just see them posted here. Um, By the way, Susie, this is an aside. Some of people have actually requested the references alongside either before or after, so that they can learn those things. So that's something that, and normally I'd tell Susie something after, but since I'm in the moment and it's relevant to my sermon, I think it's important that we. Learn the scriptures well for this reason. And the Bereans, it says they were of more noble character. Why? Because they sought the truth. That's all it tells us about them. What do we know about them, about their noble character? We don't know anything about their noble character other than they sought the truth. You want good character? You need to be a truth seeker. You need to be someone who says, I'm going to learn what God wants me to to know. You know, there's many things to learn in the world. You know, I'm stu- you know, I'm studying counseling right now, and that's, to me, there's some benefit to studying counseling, and I'm, I'm starting to see it as I learn more and more about it. But the reality is, even though I'm learning that, I think there's still nothing above learning theology, learning about God. Why? Because God is the creator of all of truth. He set the worlds into motion. You know, gravitational force, he did that. The sun and the moon and the skies. He did all that. All of science is studying God, if you ask me. And so I think about when it comes to studying God and knowing truth, this is this is the pursuit of life. Again, we just sang it. I want to know you more. I want to know. When you open up your scriptures, the, the scriptures say of themselves that they are um, the revelation of Jesus. The Gospel of John starts off by saying that Jesus was the Word who was made flesh. Which means that there's something powerful when we read the Word, we're reading about Jesus, we're reading about who he is. And so when we read the Word, it makes sense to hear that the Bereans who sought the Scriptures had more noble character. Because what are they doing? They're interacting with the Word who became flesh opening up the, the scriptures they're reading the word they're getting to know jesus through through his word and when they're spending time with jesus they become more like jesus you struggling in your life i'm going to be i want to tell you, you 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 want to gain some character to go through those struggles study the word i'll be honest with you there's certain things in my life where i'm like why didn't i do that sooner I'm struggling in this area, and I'll try in my own strength. I'll, I'll try to rely on some other system of discipline. And then finally, I open up the word, and there it is. There's my answer. Jesus gives me the answer, and the Holy Spirit empowers me. He doesn't want me to do it on my own. He wants to give me the answers himself. Verse 13 says this, but when the Jews in Thessalonica learned that Paul was preaching the word of God at Berea, some of them went there too, agitating the crowds and stirring them up. The believers uh, immediately sent Paul to the coast, but Silas and Timothy stayed at Berea. Those who escorted Paul brought him to Athens, and they left with instructions for Silas and Timothy to join him as soon as possible. Again, I want to point back to what I started my sermon with, which was going to see this movie, Jesus Revolution, and how a whole movement of God started around people who were hungry for truth. We see it in the Berean culture. We see it in the 1970s. Don't you want to see it again? Pastor Liz mentioned it's happening in Asbury. College in the States, don't you want it in Kempville, North Grenville, Ottawa? Church, we might think it starts with, with a Billy Graham type evangelist. It doesn't start with a Billy Graham evangelist. A Billy Graham evangelist comes out of those types of movements. First, the movement starts with people willing to put aside their own desires to seek God. 1 John chapter 4. This is the letter of John, not the gospel of John, the letter of John. 1 John chapter 4 says this, Dear friends, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits whether they are from God. Because many false prophets have gone out into the world. This is how you recognize the spirit of God. Every spirit that acknowledges that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. But every spirit that does not acknowledge that Jesus Acknowledge Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard is coming and now is already in the world. You, dear children, are from God and have overcome them because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. They are from the world and therefore speak from the viewpoint of the world and the world listens to them. We are from God and whoever knows God listens to us, but whoever is not from God does not listen to us. This is how we recognize the spirit of truth and the spirit of falsehood. Why do I read you that scripture? Listen, when you're searching, when you're searching, you can sometimes, people search in all the wrong places. God makes it pretty clear that all you have to do in your searching is to test the spirits and know that if the spirit acknowledges that Jesus Christ is from the flesh, you, uh, Jesus Christ has come in the flesh and is from God, then you can know that's a spirit, the spirit of God. And so, church, I want you to encourage you to seek to go after God. Isaiah chapter eighteen, says, uh, sorry, chapter one, verse eighteen. Isaiah chapter one, verse eighteen says this: Come. Now, let's settle the matter. Some translations actually say this. This is um, NIV. Other translations say, come now, let us reason together. There's a desire for God to reason with us, to explain himself to us, to draw us closer to him through reasoning by using our mind. Remember, the Bible tells us to love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. It's okay to have an intellectual faith, and I encourage you to do this. So again, it says, "Now come now, let us settle the matter together, or let us reason together, says the Lord. And then it says, though your sins are like scarlet, they will be, whiter, uh, at, be as white as snow. They there are red as crimson, they shall be like wool. There's this connection between pursuit of God and reasoning with God. And God wanting to settle things with us and our sins being forgiven and us being washed as white as snow. Sometimes we want to have all of the things figured out in the world before we come to God. You know what I mean? Like, oh, I got to have all the answers before I'll put my faith in God. God's saying, no, first come to me and I'll give you the answers. You know, there's this understanding that, and we see this in, in, in revivals, where people finally, they come to a place where they're willing to pursue God. You'll see this if you watch the movie, where they're, the, what they're wrestling with is the fact that they're sinners. And they're like, I don't feel like I'm worthy to receive Jesus unless I get my life in order first. And then we recognize, if anyone has decided to follow Jesus, you know you didn't get your life in order. God put your life in order Though your sins were as scarlet, he washes them as white as snow. Though they are red as crimson, they shall be white like wool. This is what God does when we pursue him. This is what he does when we come reason with him. This is what he does when we seek him with our heart and our mind. This is what he does when we're like the Berean church, where we dive into the scriptures, we come to know Jesus, and he washes our soul. But you got to get into the word, church. I encourage you, read your Bible. Read your Bible. Pray every day and you'll grow, grow, grow. Come on, church. All right, we're going to pray for this and, we're gonna, and then we're going to sing together. Lord, we thank you that you are a God who desires to be sought. You invite us to seek you and you promise that when we seek you, we will find you. Lord, we see this Berean church. We see how they were willing to search the scriptures diligently to see if what Paul was saying was from you. And they found you, God. We see how Paul went into the synagogues and he reasoned with the people. Lord, I want to be a part of a church, your church that can reason with people, that can share the good reasons for following Jesus. And yet, Lord, I pray that you would speak to the people who don't have it all figured out. They don't have all the answers. Lord, I pray that you would show them that you are the truth, that you have the answers, and if they just surrender their life and come to you, that they will find you, and they will find life, and their sins will be forgiven. Lord, would you use us as a church to minister to people? Would you build our faith in a way that there would be an overflow of our faith that would spread into a form of revival within our church, within our community? Give us this hunger and thirst for righteousness. Lord, when we sing songs like, I surrender, I want to know you. Lord, I pray that you would hear the cry of our heart, and they wouldn't just be words from a song, but they would be the real desires of our heart. Help us to know how beautiful it is to know the living God and how much you love us. Speak your truth into our lives. Help us know your word well. I pray all of these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Again, I recommend seeing that movie, Jesus Revolution. Go and see it in theaters, and I think you'll be inspired. By the way, you know I'm an emotional guy. Amy Beth watched me, and she watched the movie because she said I was crying almost the whole movie. So enjoy, enjoy it if you go see it.